0: Hey there, my name is Bethany Bravery, and I'm the host of the Bringing Her Hope podcast. But even more than that, I want you to know that you are welcome into this conversation, that there is a seat for you at this table. And I honestly, I can't wait for you to meet each and every one of these amazing women who I know will inspire you to also live out the story that God is calling you to, and to give you hope that He will be faithful to redeem your story as well. We will laugh together, for sure, and most definitely cry. But you know what? I get so excited about the thought that together we can grow deeper in love with Jesus, that we can jump with both feet into the adventure He has for us. So get ready. It's going to be a crazy, amazing ride. My guest today is author Hilary Morgan Ferrer. Hillary is the founder and Mama Bear-in-Chief of Mama Bear Apologetics. She feels a burden for providing accessible apologetics resources for busy moms. Hillary is the co-author of Mama Bear Apologetics, Empowering Your Kids to Challenge Cultural Lies. Hillary's heart is to help parents gain wisdom, to help us listen well to our children, to discern their thoughts and questions, and then guide them into Thinking critically and biblically about the culture that they face. Hillary, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Ooh, uh, so, I guess uh, I've been a Christian since I was very, very young. I just—I don't know—I always felt the Lord's presence with me uh, since the time I was probably was in, in preschool. And so, it, it wasn't one of those things where I was, you know, presented with a message and I, you know, Jesus just my heart. Uh, I can't really remember the first time. I just you know that it's been with me um, basically all my life. Uh, as far as career is concerned, I took a lot of different paths. On the way to the career I'm in right now, I was a pro- professional photographer for six, uh, for 10 years. I was the athletic trainer before that. I thought I was going to go into medical stuff. And then... Um, I had my master's in biology, and I taught uh, high school. And then the Lord brought me into apologetics ministry for moms. And I don't have children, so that was an, an interesting one. I, uh, but it's just kind of like the Lord just has always kept showing me each step of the way. And even if it doesn't make sense, I'll just kind of be like, "Okay, oh, let's let's do this." And uh, he he's just showing me how. Each one of those things that I did prepared me for the ministry that I'm doing now.
0: Um, And you wrote a book called Mama Bear Apologetics, and today we're going to be talking about how to empower your kids to challenge cultural lies. So tell us, who did you write this book for?
1: Um, So it was actually a team of us. I did about half of the book, and then we had some other women who are uh, working with Mama Bear Apologetics at the time, and we really wanted to kind of have a group feel to it. But we wrote it for... There There was a lot of we noticed a lot of books that were out there on the market for kids that kind of went through all these specific questions, which is great. We need to know how to answer specific questions. but the thing that Lord really impressed upon my heart was this idea of these questions are coming from somewhere, hmm. like where are these questions coming from and so if you look deeper, you realize, oh, it's not that they've been taught evolution it's that they've bought into the lie of naturalism, which says that. Basically, science is the only way to know knowledge, and it's not like they're just deciding today that that they're going to support things that maybe the Bible doesn't support, but it's this idea of they've been taught, follow your heart and trust your emotions. I mean, good grief, when I was a 15-year-old girl, I was not told to trust my emotions. Um, that was actively, you know, we, we knew that emotions were the thing that we teenage girls had to overcome, not the thing that we used as our guide. So just kind of looking at the idea that is under the ideas, what are the under, um, ideas undergirding everything, and how we, can we help parents to, and specifically moms, to identify those and not be reactionary against them in the sense of, oh, that's all dangerous, um, but to kind of how, how do they think through these ideas and how do they teach their kids to think through these ideas? I think a lot of bad ideas come when people just accept things without, uh, they accept ideas, they accept stuff in the media and movies and the cartoons, they just kind of accept everything passively, and they're not looking to think through it. I think once you really engage that thought process of saying you need to think through everything you put in your mind, then um, that's the way to help kids to actually spot when they're being lied to, when something doesn't agree with Scripture, um, or when something's just flat-out nonsense. So, why do you feel
0: like apologetics is important um there's
1: a lot of people so first off, apologetics is just a, a defense of the christian faith it's came, it's taking what we as Christians believe and then saying, "Why do we believe it past you know, we haven't written down the in this holy book, which we absolutely put. Our emphasis on scripture, but apologists might do something like say, how do we know that what's in our scripture was passed down faithfully? It was. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is how we know that. So that's kind of, uh, apologetics is basically the uh, taking away obstacles to uh, for someone to believe in Jesus. And some people, tr- like, it's an evangelistic technique, and sure, you can use apologetics for evangelism, but I find the most effective apologetics is for people who already believe to have more confidence in what they believe, that what they believe is actually true and not just this is what I was taught by my parents, this is what I was taught by my church. Um, And so I think we should start doing that with basically kids of any age, telling them why we believe what we believe.
0: What would you suggest is a good age as parents that we start teaching worldview you know, meaning theology, meaning apologetics, what what age does that start at?
1: Oh, I think that starts, I mean, even before they can talk, in my own opinion, it, it's basically going to be something where we're wanting to reinforce it, you know, as early as th- when they can hear and pay attention to us. And maybe it'll be in little maxims, like um, there's a lovely couple who do something called Probe Ministries that's out in Dallas-Fort Worth. The husband is uh, a Ph.D. biologist, and um, but yet his favorite ministry is working in the two-year-old classrooms at his church, and they have this thing where they sit around with the kids and they practice everything the Bible says is true, mm-hmm. everything the Bible says is true, and um, making it a little game. Uh, I'm writing a book right now with um, with one of our other mama bears, Amy Davison, and it's going to have stuff like, uh, you know, what's this world view? of maybe our bodies, the fact that God gave our bodies as a gift to take care of. Why do I have to brush my teeth? Well, but God gave you your body as a gift to take care of. Well, why do I have to eat this? Well, because God gave your body as a gift to take care of. And then when they get older... Why can't I? uh, Why they already have this idea of God gave me my body as a gift to take care of. Now when they start struggling with maybe like something like cutting, they can say, No, my body is a precious gift. Mm. Or if they're struggling with their sexuality, we can say, No, God gave me my body as a gift to take care of. What is the best way I can take care of it? So building in worldviews, I think should start from the time they're they're really young, and we build on what these worldviews mean, and we kind of help them piece together the, the, basically the, the whole picture of what Christianity does. It influences how we treat our bodies, what we eat, how we talk to our friends, how we work at school. The, 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 way, that, the way that we work in school reflects, are we working for God or are we working for ourselves? I mean, every single aspect that you can think of uh, in a personal, individual life, is impacted by the fact that we believe that we serve a God who created, that we were created for a purpose, Um, and uh, that—and He is the one who gets to decide that purpose. Uh, And we learn about that purpose through studying Scripture. It's just—it's an all-encompassing worldview.
0: Uh, You mentioned in the forward, you say that the best motivator for apologetics is love. We need to love our children enough to listen and do the hard work of finding answers to their questions. What does that look like tangibly? What questions should we be asking our
1: kids? Um, Sometimes not even as much what you're, I guess some of the questions you could ask them is, what are some of your questions? Mm. And, uh, you know, what do you think about that? Getting them to start thinking through things. And, uh, like, honestly, my experience with kids is you don't usually have to try to pry a question out of them. If they're halfway paying attention, they'll have questions. I would say it's almost a, a dangerous point. If they have no questions, it means they're not trying to assimilate this worldview into their own framework. Um, and so I think sometimes parents have a tendency to be, oh, it's, you know, that question, it'll just it'll pass, they won't think about it, stuff like, did Jesus really exist? Uh, were the miracles actually true? Um, you know, why, why did God create the garden and the tree, or why did God create the tree in the garden? Or, you know, why did God create Satan? All of these questions are things that have wrestled with uh, with generations of apologists, and I think our kids need the dignity of knowing that tough question you have, there's a really good answer for it, because if we just kind of wave it away and hope it goes away, the lessons that our kids learn is that God can be stumped with the logic of a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old or nine-year-old. When they experience solid answers to their questions, later on as they're older, when they reach tough questions, they're going to have this entire history of, you know what, every time I've asked this question, there is a satisfying answer. So I'm going to trust, even if I see the answer to this right now, that it too probably has a good answer. Now, let's look at the flip side, and if we just kind of ignored our kids' questions, you know, they're going to ask some crazy ones. You know, did Jesus ever have headlights? (laughs) That's one (laughs) of the ones we've gotten before. You know, there's going to be some that you're like, well, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, But uh, I I do find a lot of times that parents just, oh, I don't know, and they leave it at that, um, and— think that their kids have moved on later on when their kids are in their their teenage years when they're really trying to make a decision for themselves Mm. they're going to have an entire history of my questions didn't have answers uh so probably this new question i have i'm not even going to look for answer because none of the other questions were answered why should i think that this one has an answer
0: you know i'm a mom of a A 13-year-old and a 17-year-old, and this statistic um, in your book kind of, it shocked me. Um, It said, in fact, some research indicates that up to 46% of youth have spiritually checked out by the end of middle school, which just breaks my heart. But Hillary, how do we get ahead of this? How do we, you know, encourage our kids from a young age to not only know about Jesus, but to want to have a personal relationship with him on through elementary school all the way through when they can decide to go to church on their own? What, what can we do?
1: Yeah, um, I think there's kind of two, a couple of different aspects of faith. I think first off, uh, being taught that what we believe is based on truth, it's based on history, it makes good sense in philosophy. That this is something we can put a foundation uh, that we can use as a foundation. Uh, when they don't get answers to the questions, they assume that maybe this is just kind of our tradition. Mm. If there's anything that current that current um, academia wants kids to question, it's tradition. So we need to look at how they're labeling Christianity in their head. Is it tradition or is it true? Um, if it's if it's just tradition, I think a lot of kids start seeing places where you're like, well, that, that doesn't seem like Christianity is true. Why would they want to go to church after they've already decided that this isn't true? Um, now, on the, the flip side, it's we need to be providing them opportunities to encounter God. I think sometimes we try to tell them about our encounter with God. You know, we pray with them and we pray over them, which is good. We should be praying over our kids, but we're not creating time for them to encounter the living God. There's really different personality types Mm -hmm. that I I, I call them the thinkers, the feelers, and the doers um, of how they conclude that something's true. Like the, the thinkers, they need to know that this all makes sense. As feelers, they need to feel like there's an emotionally satisfying answer here, um, and that this is a way that, that following Christianity does, in fact, create a flourishing life. Now, we're, we're fighting against culture who's told us that a flourishing life means doing whatever you want to do, but classically, a, a life of flourishing included virtues, virtues mm-hmm. like uh, uh, truth, goodness, and beauty. And so we need to be showing them how Christianity cultivate truth, goodness, and beauty. And then your doers, they need to see how this impacts the real world. Like, there are real people being ministered. Uh, there are addicts who are being able to come out of their addiction with this help. There are people who've been abused that are being able to heal from their abuse because of this. Um, you have people who are struggling financially, and the Church is helping to provide and take care of them. And um, All of these things, it's like what the the thinkers, feelers, different things matter to them, and we need to, in order to make it so kids are not just checking out, uh, we need to be able to say, which kind of personality is my child, and how can I facilitate that personal interaction with the living God for them so that they don't just know in their head that it's true, but they've experienced the Holy Spirit.
0: You know, as... We're in the pandemic right now. Things are looking different for different areas, um, whether kids are actually in physical school or virtual school. Um, But what have you found is best for training our kids to have discernment for what they feed their minds? Um, I think this has been a struggle for me as far as I was kind of like a not a no technology kind of mom, but really limited. We're definitely outdoorsy people. Um, and so this whole flip from not going to school physically and now having to be in front of a screen for six to you know seven hours a day. And then how they connect with their friends currently because they can't necessarily be in person has been a huge challenge for me because I'm thinking that's not at all what I would want as far as connection and yeah. intentionality with friends, with teachers, with all these things. Um, but I know in this situation – um, because it's what where we're at, we need to be able to train our kids to have this discernment on what they're putting in their hearts and minds. So what would you speak on that to?
1: Um this is actually where the Mama Bear book really comes in handy. Um the the kind of uh some of the, the feedback that I've gotten from moms, which to me is like, oh, you know, I sit there and I do the happy dance because it's like this is exactly why we wrote this book, is they say I seen all this, but I couldn't put a finger on it, and I couldn't, I couldn't have conversations about it because I, I, I couldn't quite, you know, I, I had no words. I had no words to talk about it, and so I think the Mama Bear book will be really helpful. Um, we have we have suggestions for conversations that you can have with your kids, and once they start thinking in new categories they can spot the stuff for themselves. Like, I, I had one mama bear contact me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I would give anything to be in the movie theater with her when this happened. But her kids, you know, she's trying to teach her kid to be more controlled, but um, will yell out, bad worldview, in the middle of a movie theater. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> Maybe something that's a bad worldview. Uh, a friend, a friend, a praying an amazing uh for parenting kids on, like, all of the evidential kind of stuff for Christianity. Um, it's called talking with your kids about uh, Jesus, talking with your kids about God, um, and it answers some of the specific ones, but she's been teaching critical thinking to her kids, mm. and I think she started when they were six, and she didn't even think, she's like, "Yeah, this probably won't take, you know, she talked about what good reasoning is, what bad reasoning is, and for the rest of the week, she heard her kids yelling, bad logic! You know, from the other room, like you know, one of her she has friends. Like one of them had taken something from the other one, and he said, "No, I want this." And the other one would say, "That's logic. Just because you want something doesn't mean you can take it from me." (laughs) Um, So I think they really underestimate what our kids are able of handling, Mm. um, able to handle. So the Mama Bear book, I think, would definitely give you some ideas for things to point out that. Honestly, once you start seeing them, you can't unsee them. Mm. And you're like, wow, this is everywhere. You know, this, this idea of following your heart, this idea of moral relativism, the only thing that really needs to happen is consent, then something's, you know, good and moral. Um, you know, the idea that science is the only way to, to uh, have any true knowledge, like all these things, you see it everywhere. Um uh, once you start seeing it, and from there, I think uh, using the questions in the book and just um, asking your kids things like, What do you think that main character believes? Hmm. and just having conversations, and it, it trains them to stop and think, Oh, this person isn't just giving me information, like, you know, a cartoon character. They're, it's not just entertaining. That cartoon character has their own worldview and their own perspective, at least the writer who wrote that character. What is the worldview that that character is being written? From, And once they start practicing, always evaluating where things are coming from, I think that'll take them well into adulthood. And we've got several different methods, namely the chew and spit method and the roar method in the book for how to sift through um, culture and media and stuff. And we have some podcasts on it as well at com.
0: Let's talk about taking advantage of teachable moments. I wanted to share a story for me personally that just um, came up. I think it was about a year ago. My son was in a class and they were teaching evolution and he was about to have a test, I think, the next week. And so everything that he was going to be answering based off of a multiple choice was not In alignment or agreement for what he believed as his, you know, as being a Christian, that God created the world. And so he came to me and he said, Mom, like, how do I do, like, how do I get an A still and at the same time, like, not say that this is correct and so we kind of talked back and forth and he came up with the idea of during this test what he would do is he would fill out the answer and then under each blank he would say this is based this is truth based off of the book that we read or based off of the lecture Um, but it's not necessarily what I believe and he ended up getting an A plus and so I think you know taking situations where the child or the teenager still can have an opinion, but yet can be respectful of the teacher. Um, it's it's interesting, um, you know, territory to navigate. But what have you found? Um, can we take advantage of in teachable moments? What can we learn from those moments?
1: Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure of the question, but maybe for like how do we have some more teachable moments? Mm-hmm. Um, number one is just keeping your eyes open, especially after you, after you read the mama bear book, go to, you know, if you even go to a craft fair, the kind of nonsense that's printed on throw pillows and, and little, you know, flowery letters that put on your wall, you can start picking up on some really bad worldviews. And so you can just point this and be like, what do you think about that? Like, for example, um, uh, Alisa, one of our one of our co-authors in the book, you know, she talked about the following your heart, and she asked, "Well, oh, what if my heart tells me to go kick your father in the shin? Should I do that?" Asking them ridiculous questions that basically follow these faulty worldviews and things that are clearly not okay, um, and asking your kids that that's going to help them realize, "Oh, you're right. That that worldview isn't bad because you know, if if I if I follow my heart, and that means that." I can do whatever I want to somebody, and it doesn't matter. Or what if what if being authentic to myself means that uh, I really feel like standing up and dancing in the middle of class, and if it's going to be authentic? You know, then I can stand up in the middle of class and dance around. No, we we don't do that to to maintain order. So we can just ask them some ridiculous questions uh, like that that reinforce that these these worldviews are not not something we can build a firm foundation on. But secondly, and this is like one of those really practical ones Mm. and you can do this when your kids are young enough uh, that they don't know how driving works. I thought my dad was magical and he just knew how to get everywhere. (laughs) Uh, If you ever, if you ever go to like a movie or something, pick a movie that's far away and you have the kids in your car. Let me tell you, number one, you have a captive audience because they can't go anywhere and number two, especially for boys who have a hard time having serious conversations, which involve um, eye contact, and this is particular to boys. A lot of times, boys, the more serious the conversation, the more, uh, the more uncomfortable they are with eye contact. Uh, you can have these conversations in the car, and it's less intimidating because you're kind of separated from them. You're not right across from each other. And, yeah, they can't go anywhere. So go to a movie, and on the way back, I have a list of questions. Oh, so what worldview did we see in that? What were the main priorities that the main characters had? The characters that you were supposed to root for, what were their main priorities? And then you go through not just what is what you disagree with, you go through what you agree with, because mm-hmm. that, that's part of the Roar method is we, we teach you to find you can affirm first, and then you look at, but where, where did things go wrong? And that shows them that everything that they see out there is going to be a mixture of truth and error. And so it's not categorizing something as truth and categorizing something as error. It's finding that mixture of truth and error in the same thing and saying, you know, um, this is a way to help people build bridges. Between people with whom they disagree, but a way to borders against bad ideas. And this is, this is basically paving the way for them for the rest of their life to learn how to interact with people mm-hmm. with whom they disagree, but not take on their beliefs. And so asking them questions, and having them parse those out in the car, I think is a great, uh, a great tool to use.
0: I love that. Exactly what you said about boys with my son. One of our best times for conversations is when we're playing catch with the football. It's like he's distracted. Mm-hmm. We're focusing in on something and it's like, whoa, we just had very deep conversation. And it's just because he was distracted and playing football that he didn't even realize he was getting all deep. So yeah, I love that. Keep your eyes open for teachable moments. I love that. Um, tell me, yeah. you know, Prayer is so powerful. So what role does prayer play in parenting?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, I think that we as Christians need to recover our understanding of the power of prayer in the Mm. first place. And one of the things that I think that we've lost uh, in understanding the power of prayer is understanding the way the Lord works and that he wants to use his people Uh, He doesn't want to uh, just—we see evidence in Scripture of Him always delegating responsibility to people in Scripture. He doesn't come in and just save the day. He wants us to be a part of it, and prayer is absolutely part of that worldview of saying the Lord uh, isn't going to just act because um, He wants to. He sometimes waits for us to ask. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I— I honestly didn't quite understand the purpose of, well, I mean, I kind of, you know, I knew that the textbook reason for why we pray, I didn't understand it in my heart until after the first, until after this, this Mama Bear apologetics book. We had so much spiritual warfare Such writing true. this book that I, can, I can't even describe to you. Uh, so now as I'm writing book two, I've got a whole team praying over it, and I can tell you, even though it's still been really difficult, man, it's going better than the other time. <laughs> um Secondly, is I have started doing a prayer board after I watched that, that movie, The War Room. I thought, you know what? That's a really good idea. You, you know The War Room. I yeah.
0: love that movie. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking uh, about. Um, just so yeah, the audience and, knows, they, she in The War Room, she gets a closet, and she's praying over her family or anything, prayer strategies, basically, for her family. Yeah.
1: I had this uh, giant kind of a whiteboard thing from a previous job, and so I was like, hey, John, can you just install that in my room? different colored markers that I put on there. And so like within the last couple of years, I have things that I pray for every day that are very, very specific. You know, things like um, I wanted to have a hunger and thirst for the, uh, for the, for the word and mm-hmm. for it to stay in my memory. Um, and just seeing the way that the Lord has been increasing that, or I said, I want to have an increased love and desire to serve my husband, or um, I want to have an increased love and desire to take care of my body physically, or, like, one of the ones I have up right now is protection for pastors, for sexual temptation, um, and for anyone who is uh, covering abuse to be exposed. And I see that being played out pretty pretty big right now. Um, I pray for just unity around essential division over bad ideologies. Some of the practical ones I've prayed for was um, just more, um, more community in my hometown because our, our town is very, very... Family-oriented, it's very difficult. John and I, not having kids, to find natural ways to integrate with other families because we don't have kids that are playing together. Uh, and I've seen the Lord faithful on that. So I can just say, after after having these specific requests that I pray and I divide them up between uh, spiritual goals, practical goals, church and nation, and family, and Mama Bear um, as a ministry. I've seen the Lord just start moving so mightily in all these areas that I just faithfully ask Him about, and I think if we have um, children, we need to be doing the same thing. If I were a parent, one of my number one uh, things that I would ask the Lord is that every time they do something wrong, that they would get caught. Mm. Um, which I, I say that because I'm pr- pretty sure someone me <laughs> <laughs> can never do anything without getting caught, and I'll tell you, it's, it was it was a good, uh, what do you call it, thing that made you not want to do stupid stuff, or that uh, the Lord would be revealing to me uh, when a teachable moment is coming and Mm -hmm. that I would have the insight and the compassion to see the question that was actually being asked, or that my kids would have the boldness to ask me the questions that they do have and that the lord would be providing resources even before that question comes in so that i would be prepared mm-hmm. i mean there's so many things it's just you sit down and you think of what what do i want for my child specific things you know oh i just want them to be happy and to have a well paying career you know what the lord works through our sadness sometimes yeah. i would say that the the lord would just be revealing himself be revealing itself, and that my kids would be able to spot lies when they come, and that they would learn how to uh, be kind of cultural ambassadors by being able to hold firm to scripture and yet uh, have good relationships with those around them. So, I mean, these are just some of the specific prayers I would be praying.
0: I love that. Um, You know, as you mentioned, the prayer board, I've been prayer journaling probably since I was like a middle schooler. And one thing that, you know, you can do with your kids or high schoolers as well is, you know, have them start prayer journaling. And the thing with it is not only is it a dialogue you know, with the Lord. But in addition to that, like you said, you can go back to your board or you can go back to your journal and you can see how God has been faithful or how he's answered it differently. Um, It's really a faith builder. And so I would encourage you not only to be praying for your kids, but also like start teaching them little ways that they can do that. I mean, simple things when they're when they're Mm -hmm. little and you're like, oh, I really am hoping that I'm going to be able to find like a good parking spot or whatever at the grocery store. Lord, help (laughs) us do that or whatever. Um, You know, it's just, the simple stuff. Not that he's a genie in the bottle. I don't mean that. I just mean it really starts like, oh, you mean like mom and dad can't just pray, but anyone can. It's it's easy language, yeah. and so yeah, I love that. Go I ahead. would
1: say it's also important because maybe this is one of the. It never occurred to me until you just said that um, because I've had a prayer journal since I was about eleven, mm-hmm. and that might be one of the things that. Because uh, what I found was, like, I, I'm i either totally ADD, and so I'd start praying, and my mind would go off into different places, and then I'd be like, oh, no, I'm praying. Or I would start falling asleep uh, when I prayed. So what I started, is I started writing it down, and maybe this is one of the ways that the Lord preparing me to be a writer one day. Um, I started writing down my prayer requests, but if I, I still have those journals and I go back and so many of my prayer requests.
0: <laughs> yes, me um, too. <laughs> well,
1: I, I'm just going to say they were not. In the will, they were not along the, how do I say, they were, I was not praying God's heart. So it's like, I I had this idea of praying for things I wanted, but I didn't have a concept of praying for things that were um, in alignment with God's will. You know, I had all these prayers about being popular. I had Mm. all these prayers about specific boys liking me and like all those, I, you know, apparently prayed for them every night. None of those turned (laughs) (laughs) out. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I look at what I have on my prayer board now, mm-hmm. and these are all I believe. Um, well, I hope. I hope some of them I don't know, and I just ask for them anyway. You know, like funding for Mama Bear, but um, but things like um, you know having greater, better community in Palo, or praying that my soul would have fitness, or that I would be able to serve my husband better. These are all things that are in alignment with God's will. Um, and so, people, I think sometimes kids think of God's will as. Uh, you know oh, what? What am I going to major in, or who am I going to marry? Mm-hmm. But they don't realize that there's a will of God that's just who we are to be as people. That's so true. And if our prayers are outside of that, He's not going to honor that. And so, like, how do you recognize the Lord's will and where where His will and your will kind of come together mm-hmm. um, for effective prayer? And so, I think that that's something to get across to kids.
0: Absolutely. Um, If you could give just one last piece of advice to moms who desire to empower their kids to challenge the cultural lies, what would it be?
1: I would say that um, educate yourself so that it's like I I think with the mom, it's it's kind of a twofer. Sometimes it's questions that have already been answered, us or maybe we don't have those questions. But if you think of everything you're doing as protecting your children's space, Go and dive into maybe some of the meatier books that you wouldn't normally uh, do. Maybe let it slide sometimes when the house doesn't look as good because your kid had a, a, something that y'all really needed to talk about. Making the pizza night every week for, okay, everybody have their questions out and we're going to try to research what the answers are to these. Um, so just being part of that journey with them. Mm. Um, and I think uh, it's training yourself so that you can equip your kids. Um and then hopefully doing it in such a way that when they get to a certain point, you work yourself out of, out of a job. But out of all, the small, all of the, out of the small advice things, I still think one of my best ones is find a movie theater that's far away. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's so dumb. Like, man, it's just like you could have so many conversations in a 30-minute drive.
0: So true. So true. Well, Hillary, I know after our listeners get to hear this episode, they're going to want to connect with you. How can they do that?
1: Uh, They can go over to our website, which is www.mamabearapologetics.com. And Mama is spelled M-A-M-A. I've had all sorts of weird, not weird, but different spellings of Mama. Mama. So they can go there. We are on Instagram. We're on uh, Twitter. We're on Facebook. I would say if you want to contact me with an email, there is a a contact uh, spot on our website i would say do that rather than through um facebook and instagram although you you can contact us there i just keep it more organized if it comes in through email
0: perfect and we'll have all of those links in the show notes so if you're driving or if you're doing laundry or if you're just trying to multitask and you don't have a pen and paper to write that down we've got you covered um tell me where can we get your mama bear apologetics book and workbook
1: so um, I know it's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be, I think Barnes & Noble carries it, christianbooks.com. I don't know if Target online still has it. I know they don't carry it in person, but uh, uh, I know that Target has it online, I think. Um, but I would say between Amazon, Barnes and & Noble, and uh, Christianbook.com, they got you covered.
0: I love it. And Hillary, you are just going to bless our listeners with a book giveaway again of her book, Mama Bear Apologetics, Empowering Your Kids to Challenge Cultural Lies. Along with the workbook. So how you enter is you enter at bringingherhope.com for your chance to win. Well, Hillary, thank you so much just for giving us time, sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much for loving kids, um, the way that God has just designed your ministry. It means more than you know as a mom to be able to have more content, more information, to be able to educate ourselves so we can just teach our kids to be able to walk into the plan that God has for them, for them to be able to have the discernment and the they really need to navigate this world. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
0: What a great conversation with Hillary today. I loved just unpacking a whole bunch of topics on parenting today. And thinking about how we as Christians can raise our kids, how we can teach them about discernment, how we can teach them the power of prayer, not only as we pray for them, but how we model to pray for them. And then just reminding ourselves that there are teachable moments everywhere. And we can even create those teachable moments um, just by being being intentional by paying attention to when are the best times you know is it at dinner time is it in the long car ride like hillary mentioned so i just want to encourage you if you are a parent to grab this book mama bear apologetics empowering your kids to challenge cultural lies if you are not a parent and maybe you're going to be a parent later on or you're an aunt or you're an uncle or you're a teacher i'd still encourage you to grab this book there's so much wisdom in it to be able to just teach and model to our generation our or younger generations of about what it is to know their heavenly father to have a personal relationship with him and to know what we believe and what we have faith in is just so powerful also just don't forget we've got that book giveaway that you can enter at bringingherhope.com that's going to include the mama bear apologetics book in addition to a workbook that you can work through to learn and gather even more wisdom so we can't wait to share another story of god's redemption next time but until then you keep living those brave stories for jesus I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor of the Bringing Her Hope podcast, Friends of Hope. Friends of Hope is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to the support of Christian radio, Christian events, new media, and activities that share the good news of Jesus Christ. So thanks again, Friends of Hope, for sponsoring the Bringing Her Hope podcast so we can continue to share more brave and beautiful stories of God's redemption.